Chapter Twenty Seven of Pee Wee Harris. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Pee Wee Harris by Percy Keese Fitzhugh. Chapter Twenty Seven. Seen in the Dark. So then he told her how it was about the county fair, which shortly would open. He told her very gently and kindly how Northdale had been chosen because it was the county seat and how he was powerless to change the plans. He looked around into her sober face and sometimes lifted it to his, and at almost every hope-lighting sentence asked her if she did not understand. He told her all about how county fairs are big things planned by many men months and months in advance, and at every pause and each gently asked question she nodded silently, as if it was all quite clear and plausible, but her heart was breaking. But I'm not going to forget that good turn I owe you. No siree, he added finally, as he sat down on the porch, much to Wiggle's relief and i'm coming down the road to pay you a visit and look over that refreshment store of yours and see if i can't make suggestions maybe now what do you say to that pepsy nodded soberly her thoughts far away you'll see me along there mr jensen added cheerily as he patted her little shoulder and i give you fair warning i'm the champion doughnut eater of borden county she smiled still wistfully and gulped oh ever so little that's what i am he added with another genial pat so now cheer up and run back home and go to bed and don't you lie awake crying you tell that little scout feller i'm coming to make you a visit and that i usually drink nine glasses of lemonade now you run along and get to bed quick Thanks she said her voice trembling so pepsy took her way silently along the dark road her bank had failed she could do nothing more this was a strange sequel to follow peewee's glowing representations about good turns she did not understand it and now that she had failed the catastrophe in the cellar loomed larger and she saw her nocturnal truancy as a serious thing what would aunt jemsiah think of this pepsy had been forbidden to go out from the farm at night except to weekly prayer meeting the crickets sang cheerily as she returned along the dark road a desolate little figure swinging her lantern she was weary weary from exertion and disappointment and foreboding her good scout enterprise was suddenly changed into an act of sneaking disobedience the physical exertion which follows nervous strain was upon her now and her little feet lagged in their soaking shoes and once or twice she stumbled with fatigue for what burden is heavier than a heavy heart the soothing voices of insect life which softened the darkness and cheered the wayfarer in the countryside seemed only to mock her with their myriad carefree songs and to make matters worse there suddenly rang in her ears from far over to the left 
the loud clatter of those loose planks on the old bridge along the highway as a car sped over it you have to go back you have to go back then the noise ceased suddenly and there was no sound but the calling of a screech owl somewhere in the intervening woods pepsy sat down on a rock by the roadside partly to rest and partly because she did not want to go home she knew or she ought to have known that aunt jemsiah was pretty sure to be lenient about a harmless transgression with so generous a motive but the warning voice from that unseen bridge disconcerted her it was not long after she was seated that her head hung down and soon the gentle comforter of sleep came to her and she lay there pillowing her head on her little thin arm but the comforter did not stay long for pepsy dreamed a dream she dreamed that all the people of the village simeon drowser nathaniel knapp darius drag the sneering deadwood gamely and even the faithless arabella bellison the schoolteacher were pointing fingers a yard long at her and saying you have to go back to the big brick building you have to go back you have to go back on the big doughnut jar in the refreshment parlor sat licorice stick saying you have to go back the next time it thunders she shook her fist at licorice stick and called him a smarty and said she would not go back but they all laughed and sang you have to go back you have to go back miss bellison was the worst of all you have to go back you have to with a sudden start pepsy sat up on the rock wide awake go back you have to go back she still heard her forehead throbbed and her face felt very hot there was a ringing in her ears she was feverish but she did not know that all she knew was that everybody was against her and that the bridge had put them up to it she was dizzy and had to put her hand on the rock to steady herself the lantern light was extinguished but she did not remember the lantern or wiggle she felt very strange and wanted a drink of water her hand trembled and her little arm with which she braced herself against the rock felt weak and her head throbbed throbbed where were all those people she felt around for them then she heard the voice again far off through the woods up along the highway it was just an innocent automobile you have to go back pepsy rose to her feet with a start reeled reached for a tree and clutched it i'll stop it i'll i'll make it it stop i'll tear it i'll pull them off she said i i won't go back i won't i won't i won't staggering across the road she entered the woods each tree there seemed like two trees she groped her way among them dizzy almost falling sometimes the woods seemed to be moving perhaps it was by the merest chance that she stumbled into the trail which led through the woods to the highway ending close to the old bridge 
but once in the familiar path she ran in a kind of frenzy no doubt the fever gave her a kind of temporary artificial strength as indeed it gave her the crazy resolve somehow to still that haunting voice for ever crazed and reeling she stumbled and ran along pausing now and again to press her throbbing head then running on again like one possessed at last she came out of the woods suddenly on to the broad smooth highway there was the bridge silent and no not dark for there was a bright spot somewhere underneath it and grey smoke wriggling up through those cracks between the planks and there yes there crawling away in the darkness was a black figure a silent stealthy figure stealing away to the dazed feverish girl the figure seemed to have two pairs of arms she tried to call but could not her scream of delirious fright died away into a murmur as she staggered and fell prone upon the ground and knew no more but never again never never would those cruel planks taunt her with their heartless prediction never would they frighten the poor sensitive fearful little red-headed orphan girl any more End of chapter 27 Recording by John Brandon